the nigga who could fall in love with me is terrified. Yes. Right? Because yeah. the reality is, whomever he is in this world, uh, he's going to fear fear yes. and stigma. Absolutely. Because somehow, you know, being able to proudly and openly love a trans woman uh, questions not only your manhood, but your identity, yeah. your power, your strength, your yeah. status. There is a, a multitude, I think, of things to, to unpack. But truly, the burden rests on our shoulders. Mm -hmm. It rests on our bodies. We are the ones, right? They spit on you, but then you hit me. Mm -hmm. You'll shoot me. You'll yes. stab me. Yes, yes. And that's the reality. And literally, you are my neighbor. You're my nigga. Mm -hmm. You're me. But you are so afraid that somebody's going to call your little punk ass gay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that literally drives people insane. Yes. And it is the root. It is the root of this division. Wagwan podcast fam, this is Donovan. Welcome to another episode of Stranger Fruit, y'all. We are in the middle of Pride Month and tis the season to be outside of feeling cute and uplifting the LGBTQ community for surviving and thriving. If you haven't listened to part one of this series on queer safety, it's okay. This episode can stand on its own, but it was a great kickoff to this conversation, so make sure you check that shit out. And for all of you new to our Stranger Fruit universe, this is a one-of-a-kind video podcast experience, okay? Bringing you unfiltered, thought-provoking conversation from some of the most brilliant young voices from the black and brown diaspora. We discuss and debate a variety of dope topics from politics and race to pop culture, media, and the latest news impacting our lives. We may not always agree, but we are firm believers that conflict and compassion are a great recipe for empathy. If you find yourself wanting to put a face to these names and voices, you can find us on YouTube in all our Technicolor glory. Now, last week in part one, the LGBTQ community under attack, we discussed our experiences over the years as queer people, the violence we've encountered, and some of the obstacles we've navigated. In this episode, we get into what we can do to stay safe, what responsibility do straight people have, and what does the future look like? Special shout out to William, Queen Jean, Elijah Day, Eric, Juice, Isam, Charles, and my co-host Constanza Eliana for joining me for this conversation at our home studio at the Gentleman's Factory in Brooklyn, New York. Now, come on, let's get on over into it. Well, I will also say that I think within the last five to 10 years, we're in an era of awakening. Yeah. Right, where trans people aren't just, you know, the thing that we talk about, right? No, trans people are our family. We have cousins that are trans, we have sisters that are trans, we, you know, we have mothers that are trans that we don't always acknowledge. We have caretakers that are trans that we do not give the reverence that they deserve. Yeah. And so I would say that for me, it's changing. But as you know, change takes so long and it, a day. It does, it does. But you know, I am really excited to see a little bit of change. Like, a, I can say that now. It's kind of like, when, when did I become this old motherfucker? <laughs> I remember when oh, it used to be like, yeah. But, it's, yeah. but it really has gotten to a place where I can remember when, and we have gone a long way. Yeah. Even in my own personal journey, in recognizing my own transphobia, and recognizing my own way that I subscribe to, you know, looking straight, trying to be more hetero-like, like all of those things, and even kind of like 
awakening in myself, that kind of like what you're talking about, this age of Aquarius that we're in. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited about that. And I think you touched on something great at the tail end of that when you were speaking specifically about like, you know, these are your cousins, your sisters, your caretakers. We're here. We've always been here. You know, the thing that I personally feel like Black folks, and this is going to cause some controversy, but I think the reason why a part of why Black people in particular are having a long time with the transition is not just white supremacy. I think it is also, well, it's a, it's a symptom of white supremacy, but it's also this very specific thing of the anti-queerness, the, the homophobia, the transphobia is, is holding us back. I think even with stuff like hip hop, there's been this glorification of you know, being an individual. So it's individualism, get your bag, you and yours, you know, get your designer this, get your designer that. It's not about community. And I really do feel because we don't talk about community, it doesn't allow us to ask the question, what place do queer people have in the community? What place do trans folk have in the community? And how special and how unique can that be when we're talking about community as in pieces of the puzzle? I don't think that we can have conversations amongst each other about like what our future is going to be if we don't include everybody. Because there are certain things that Queen's going to have that Will doesn't have, that Will has that I don't have, that you have that he doesn't have, et cetera, et cetera, in the ways that if you allow queer people to take up space, who naturally, for example, as a gay man, I can naturally love another man. I don't have to, I can't, I, the excuse for me isn't like I can't love a man because uh, of, of the fact that there's homophobia. I am gay. Yeah. So I aspire to be with a man. But it doesn't mean that I have to be with every man, right? It doesn't mean that we're going to have to, we have to hunch, but I know how to love you. Mm -hmm. I can see you. I can be your friend, right? And even that access, because I think a lot of men fear each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think like that's why we see, that's why violence is so prevalent. That's why we have nuclear bombs, because yeah. these dudes are afraid of each other. But I don't even say too, I think, I mean, but then think about like, uh, like the nigga who could fall in love with me is terrified. Yes. Right? Because yeah. the reality is, whomever he is in this world, uh, he's going to fear fear yes. and stigma. Absolutely. Because somehow, you know, being able to proudly and openly love a trans woman uh, questions not only your manhood, but your identity, yeah. your power, your strength, your yes. status. Oh, yes, absolutely. And your you're, power. You're, somehow you're, you, you are empowered, right, if you're seen or attached or affiliated with a black trans woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? And so there's colorism. I mean, there is a, a multitude, I think, of things to, to unpack. But truly, the burden rests on our shoulders. Mm -hmm. It rests on our bodies. We are the ones, right? They spit on you, but then you hit me. Mm -hmm. You'll shoot me. Yes. You'll stab me. Yes, yes. And that's the reality. And literally, you are my neighbor. You're my nigga. Mm -hmm. You're me. But you are so afraid that somebody's going to call your little punk ass gay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that literally drives people insane. Yes. And it is the root. It is the root of this division. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because because you are struggling to see yourself in me. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. You're struggling Girl. to see yourself in me. Yes. And you yes. could be my daddy, you could be my pastor, you could be literally the UPS person. <laughs> but because you deem me as different, I'm therefore invalid, and you put me right underneath your boot. Mm -hmm. But what I'm telling for black trans people, you will never put us where we don't belong. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Period. And, and, and I mean, I mean, anybody can feel free to jump in, but I want to just say like off of the heels of that, I feel like goosebumps because, you know, for me, it's like once I personally, like Donovan, decided, fuck all of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Mommy, you could get it. Daddy, you could get it. Grandma, see you next lifetime. It's going to be me or it's going to be you. 
Why? Because I met, I still managed to love y'all anyway. Yes. I still managed to love you despite the fact that you weren't there for me. I still managed to love you to, even though you made me feel like shit. Even though that I was terrified that one day I wasn't going to have a family anymore. I loved you anyway. And I realized that at some point we have to choose ourselves. You have to decide to make the decision that I would rather take nothing from these people than to sacrifice any more of myself. But that privilege, that opportunity to be so close to just go under the radar and to be safe, which is what we all want. You know, the men who love trans women, right, ultimately want to feel safe and that they know if they can enact violence to prove to their friends and to their family that they too buy into the system, they will do that just so that they can feel safe. And that is what we're living with. Yeah. The duality of violence and safety, one to just get the other. Wow. And, and I think that that is- that's collateral the damage that, yes. that then the collateral community damage. faces. Because we're not talking about a sense of community elevation. It's all individual, right? All these rappers, all these homies, all these things on the block, it's about individual proprietorship. Yeah. It's not that the community gets me out the hood. Nigga, I'm getting out the hood. Yeah. Right? My homie, look, I, like, I'll come back and get y'all, but we don't see that actually happen. And so to me, I love what you said about, like, actually, what does the world look like where as Black queer people, we as a community are raised in yeah. at the same time, right, as Black Lives Matter is risen, right, as, as Black leaders are risen yeah. and sustained. Because the reality is Black queer people, we are the culture. Mm -hmm. There is no denying that. If you deny us, you're denying our culture. Right. Period. Everything. Even church. Yeah. Your church ain't got no music, ain't got no pastor, ain't got no choir director, ain't got nothing without queer people. But 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 then we deny it because somehow it's wrong. And you know, I think it's because or, 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 or they perceive it as wrong. I think yeah, it's the power you. that is in there, right? Because even if you go back to in like indigenous times, like two-spirited people were celebrated and sacred, and like you have the information to get me where I need to go. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. A lot of queer people, we have a lot of the answers. Yeah. And I think that is what scares a lot of white people in particular, we have a lot of the answers. So you bring bl powerful black people and p powerful black queer people together, oh, you're trying to tear shit down up in here. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what, what we're seeing in real time, all of the time. Mm -hmm. It's that divide and con let's keep all these motherfuckers separate. Because mm -hmm. the combination of two powerful things, we would be unstoppable. Unfucking stoppable. <laughs> and they're not trying to have that. Facts on facts on facts. Divide and conquer indeed. I am a firm believer that you can determine the health of a nation by the way the women, the children, and the queer people are treated, and we are not doing that well, y'all. Now, although I do not buy into the idea that black people are more homophobic than other groups, let me share some facts with y'all that are important to mention. A Gallup World poll evaluated the countries where residents are least likely to say the area is a good place for gay and lesbian people to live. The countries least likely to say their area is a good place for gay and lesbian people to live are largely clustered in Africa. About half of the world's nations that outlaw homosexuality are in Africa, such as Malawi, Senegal, Ghana, Zambia, and Nigeria. At a time when we have maniacal racists like Trump calling black countries shithole countries, when African elections are being blatantly stolen by leaders who mean their people no good, and when unfavorable business deals are being made to sell away African resources for pennies on the dollar, while people are starving, there is no place for homophobia amongst black people. We need unity. We have been convinced to hate the parts of the community that can aid in the very liberation we seek. Let that sink in for a while while we head back to the conversation with Charles as he gets into how queer hate is the result of people's need to feel superior. Mm. 
So with Charles, I know you wanted to get in. Yeah, I mean, I was going to hit on the same point that Lorena said, like, queer people, we have the innate ability to live outside of heteronormative yeah. views, this frameworks that have been given to us since we were born, since before we were born. Mm -hmm. And I think that because of that, we're a threat or we're thought of as a threat to those who buy into the system. Yeah. And instead of thinking of us as a threat, like you were saying, I feel like we are the answer, that we're really the antidote to the poisonous structures that we've had for so long. And because people want to buy into this power structure and to be on top, just like these white men or buy into white supremacy or whatever, or have their, their cake in what they're going to do is they're going to shit on everybody else in order to uphold that supreme structure that's there. Yeah. And I remember watching Pose, I think it was the first episode, and I think it was Blanca and her son, Damon, and he called her something. I, I forgot what he called her. I think he misgendered her or something. And he apologized and she said, you know what, it's okay. Everyone has to feel superior to somebody. Wow. And that hit me that's when, a I first saw, when I first heard that. I was like, oh, that's what it is. Oh, they're, they're, everyone is just trying to feel superior to someone else and thinking that this structure, this white supremacist structure, the patriarchy, all of the, the sandry, the everything is built on top of someone being on top of another person. And who is going to be at fault after that? Mm -hmm. Who is going to be the one that's the most dangerous? But though we have a lot of the answers, thank you. I'm sorry. Though we have a lot of the answers, nobody's ever going to hear because I'm. We're at a stage now where we're finally starting to speak up and speak out and demand respect and demand stuff. Before, a lot of the times, we felt by acting meek and by by being staying subservient, out to find another staying day. out the way, that it would, we would live to fight another day, but maybe at some point they'll see us. But now we have to start demanding that respect. There's no reason why, I mean, for instance, like little stuff that I noticed, there's no reason why I'm going to gay clubs, which are supposed to be, or gay bars, or where it was supposed to be safe spaces for us. And the people who own the bars are hiring straight security guards that do not respect gay people. Or they own it. And so when shit happens, that don't make no they're treating you like, but this is supposed to be my space where wow. I feel safe. So I don't even feel safe by the people that are supposed to be keeping me safe. Right. In the first place. Or misgendering you. So true. Wow. Misgendering you, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've been kicked out of bars and lounges and, and gay places like that for getting into it with somebody straight. And they immediately went to me mm. and kicked me out. And I wasn't even in the wrong. And I'm like, this is... Hello, this is supposed to be my space. They're not even supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but, but, but these are things you have to demand of these places and of people who are calling themselves making spaces for us. We have to start demanding that stuff. When you're in the room, don't be the exception. I never allow myself to be the exception. People don't know what I mean by that. Meaning I have a lot of straight friends. And a lot of times they'll say something and they'll go, oh, but not you. Not you, Juice. Oh, no, yeah. you're talking about you're me. A good one. If you're talking about Queen, you're talking about me. Exactly. And so if you can't get down with her, you can't get down with me. Yeah, yeah period. period. Whether, you might, whether I'm your friend or not, just because you know me personally, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I'm your exception. Wow. Mm -hmm. You either take all of us or you don't take none of us. Yes, and I appreciate that because yeah. we, we do have to wrap the conversation. But I just love what you said. I'm like, oh, that's a great point to end on. But I do want to hear at least this last question of, okay, so we're having this conversation. It's amazing. People are going to listen to this and they're still going to be homophobic as fuck. Fantastic. <laughs> do what you want to do. You can hate gay black people if you want to. You're still going to not be shit because you are not part of the community as far as I'm concerned. But the reality is, is that safety is still an issue. So does anyone have any ideas about like, how do you maintain your safety? We heard community. We heard speaking up. Elijah Day? Um, for me, so 
when it comes to safety, everybody knows, I mean, have your gadgets. If people know what gadgets are, those are various um teasers. Oh, can we can we say this what they are on the podcast or absolutely well go like tasers um you know people have <laughs> knives knives that are like hidden. shanks <laughs> yeah um people carry wrenches with yeah. them people carry um brass knuckles um but um the other thing is also when it comes to safety um even in drag like walking in numbers I've had, it's unfortunately, even and sometimes, I mean, I'm with large groups of queens where we're going from like the West Village and West Forth all the way, you know, downtown, uptown, and I've been verbally and physically assaulted in and out of drag. Um, so it's sometimes the numbers isn't always the best thing to do, but sometimes numbers is hopeful in regards to if you got to fight, you got to fight. Yeah. But in regards to um, safety, I mean, we would never be safe, but in regards to taking preemptive measures to making sure that I at least am putting myself in the, what do you call it? Um, hazard or harm reduction. Um, I often try to take up space as well. I have my gadgets with me, but I take up space. So like mm -hmm. I mentioned this to Ethan before, like before we were talking, I'm like, you know, I take up space. If you take up space, it is a defense mechanism. It's not always necessarily the most positive thing, but sometimes if I am in straight spaces, it's not that I'm being aggressive, but I'm more assertive because sometimes if a bitch try you, yeah. you can't let them try you again. And oftentimes mm -hmm. it comes off as, oh my God, when I first met you, you were so assertive, I'm like, yeah, because me being 5'2", and you not knowing if I'm a man or a woman, and, and also being gay, you think you can try to try me because you're a 6'2 man. Mm -hmm. So I gotta let your ass know, yeah, I'm short, bitch, but I'll check you if exactly. I need to. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, to your point, I think in that same idea of like, how do we get to the safety, I think we also have to step into unsafe spaces, so even putting ourselves on the cross, so to speak, or putting ourselves out, not necessarily to violence, but uncomfortable spaces and showing up to your point, right? So now I just think we're in a really interesting time because everything has its time period, right? Every uh, revolution, every era, right? I think for queer people, this is our era. It took a long fucking time to get here and now we're somewhere in the middle, right? And I think like conversations like this, we have to decide who we're gonna be and what the fuck we're gonna do. So for me, my nephews, nieces, all the little babies are gonna know who the fuck I am, as gay as I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna take you to the park and I'm not gonna hide, cause that's again, the evolution, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of, stay back. No, we have to step up. Yes. So we know who these people are, right? Yes. Because they are our cousins, mother, everybody, but who are, where are they? Mm -hmm. So we have to step up and stay there and stay up and put ourselves in kind of like harm's way at times, right? Cause that's, the, that's also a part of activism and the struggle, it's, mm -hmm. it's not always, no peaches Roses and berries, but, but I would say straight people. Like no, I would say straight people need to be able to create space for us too. Because mm -hmm. the thing is, again, as a drag performer, I realize all the venues I perform at are mostly straight, mm -hmm. and I realize wow. again some of these venues are straight owned. They got to be able to the same way white people got to make space for us. Yeah, it's emotional labor for me to make space for you in your straight space, but when it comes to, when it comes to the black community, bitch, I'm black too. So when I'm at the barbecue. I don't want you playing that fucking um, reggae song that's talking about burning the Bati boy if you know I'm gay uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and straight people need to know that. And the fact is, they, oh, it was just a song. No bitch is about burning me. But that's also but it's our job to be like, let me turn this shit off. No, no, but, but I, don't I, let me no, no, I get that. But the thing is, 
off, I bring this up, straight people need creative space because straight people think they're the default. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes right. you have to work around them. Yeah. yeah. So there's, and so when, when it comes to black community, black men, we think we're the default because the patriarchy tells a man's yeah. household. Yeah. So when it comes to white people, they think they're the default. So they think that, oh yeah, we'll let you give you a space. So yes, you gave me a space, but you also have to make an affirming space. Right. Yeah. Because again, they'll, the, I have a drag brunch for straight people and because I'm in drag, you know, I may, um, talk with the guys, but you can see they're uncomfortable. And I, I'm a little bit provocative. I'm not crossing boundaries, but you can. Some of them, but I don't fuck with that gay shit. It's I'm not cool. trying to fuck. I'm not right. trying to be with you. I, but the thing is, you're at the front row of my drag brunch, so yeah. get the fuck in the back or play along or lap and tip me and keep it moving. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So exactly. That's, um, but that's why you reach the people you can reach, and mm -hmm. I, it's always like, well, reach out to the people. But that's it. You reach the people you can reach when you have the moment. You're in the rooms that you can challenge somebody's thoughts. That's what you do. I have a lot of friends who have their mindset, I've watched it change from being around me, because I'm always going to speak up. If I see you post something and it's a little homophobic, I would be the first person you'll be. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Please explain. They'd be like, oh, here you go. Absolutely, take here I go. Down. Explain what this <laughs> yeah. is. Let's talk Grandma. about it. Not even take it down. Let's talk about it. Why are you thinking this? This is what it really is. Reach the people you can reach, and that's in any space. That's family, that's friends, that's when you're out at the club, that's when you're with your friends, that's if you're on the street and you see somebody harassing a trans woman, you you step in. It's time for, you have to reach the people you can reach, and that doesn't always mean I have a personal relationship with you. It means you're in my space, and something's going on that is affecting my community, and I'm yes. allowed to say something about it. That's great. We're gonna end on, um, we're gonna go to Charles, and then we're gonna go to Eric. I just have one little last. Uh, and then, okay, so we'll come to you. Just one, a benediction. Just keep it to a minute. Okay, I think <laughs> to William's point, I'm a little hesitant to say like, all queer people need to put themselves in harm's way or whatever. I think that people who are, that look like me, look like you, that are like, and cis, you're cis man, correct? Yes. Like cis men who who have this this armor of sorts that can operate in certain spaces, absolutely, and have that level of privilege as far as how we look. I think we are the ones Take the who that. need yeah. to do that. I want black trans women to rest exactly. Be, rest easy. Put your feet up, girl. To listen, to live, and to love, and absolutely. to be their full selves without having to to do that work because absolutely. they are the ones who have done it. For all of us, so I, I, I'm just I saying. Totally agree. Yes, they should rest. We Absolutely. should be the ones to to put our our great um, point. Thank you, Charles. I mean, <laughs> come on, bring it. Come on, Gen Z. Oh yes, go ahead. I think just stepping into the fullness of get, allowing yourself permission to step into the fullness of who you are mm -hmm. allows you a certain kind of comfort in your own self that when you walk into a room, you know you belong to any room that you that you walk into. Mm -hmm. yes. I think that's a great first step. Before mm -hmm. you yeah. Exactly. Thank you for that, Isam. The nuance. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, my comment was a little bit about that, though. Cause I think that we're talking about a lot of things when you're already past that point of affirming yourself. But I think a lot of times we're there's a lot of us that are still in that long period of stage of trying to figure out who we are. But I think a lot of times because we didn't really have therapy for that as well. So for me, it's really you getting the help that you need in your mind getting that therapy together, getting through that trauma first. Because honestly, you're not going to be as effective to help anyone or to even create space for yourself if you're still trying to figure exactly how do I get over these humps in my mind? How do I get over dealing with my parents? How do I get over dealing with friends that don't know how to talk to me correctly, misgendering me, and et cetera? So for me, it's therapy, which, of course, we always say that all black people need that. But I think there is an extra layer when you are black and queer, when you are black and trans, mm -hmm. that there's a certain type of therapy that needs to be there for you and even if you're not able to pay for a physician a kll or whatever then i think there's there's peer people that are there there are organizations that are there no they weren't there before but they are there now so i think 
getting your mind right first, mm -hmm. making sure that you're past this trauma or finding the tools to get past it. And then I think we can move into the stage of marching and turning off music and things like that. Because I don't think people are ready yet to even move to that point because I'm not even for sure yet if I can even do this for myself. Am I ready for that yet? So I think that's how you get ready first. And then you can start affirming your space. You can start affirming others, you know, inside that space as well. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for that. Well, and on Queen. No, I mean, I, I find that to be so profound. And I would say, I think, honestly, um, you know, not everybody's built for the battle. Mm -hmm. But we all have a role to play in this revolution. Mm -hmm. And for me, my liberation has to be now. It has to be within my lifetime. Literally, I mean, if we think about it, Dr. King marched, gave up time, sacrificed his own life, and still was taken, right? And we're still fighting for those same rights now in 2023. We're still fighting for space, still fighting for access, still fighting for a space just to call our own, right? That we have to be in these white spaces, right? We're actually forcing white people to acknowledge us and respect us and pay us equitably and give us our dues, we're still fighting the same fight from 1963. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, like the role to play this revolution has to start within our homes, starts within your heart, yourself. Because to me, I think that honestly, at this point, we will not see the future if we don't start living in it now. Mm. And the violence that we're facing, honestly, it, it, it can be physical violence. Yeah, and you might not have to be strapped up. Now you know we couldn't let you leave without giving you some facts on the physical violence, right? 300 trans and non-binary people have been killed since 2013. 34 trans and non-binary people were killed in 2022 alone and 81% of those victims were transgender women. 59% were black. Here's another one. 47% of trans people are sexually assaulted at some point in their lifetime. Now, if these stats don't disturb you, please check your pulse, okay? Check them and check them good. Now let's return to Queen Jean as she gets into other forms of violence facing the queer community that goes way beyond physical. There's other violences literally about people, um, the day-to-day -day aggressions and transgressions that people face, right? Neighbors, folks that give you that look. I mean, these are all forms of violence. These are all things that make us unsafe. And so um, being able to not only check them, but how to transform them, mm. right? So that like literally we don't see black parents or black fathers who demonize queer children, right? Who are afraid when they're young children, right? Put on nail polish, right? Are playing with certain dolls. Like that is where it has to start so that these young people can be equipped and empowered to live out loud and to not feel like they have to hide for the rest of their lives or wait in fear for someone to kiss them or for someone to feel that looks like them can love on them. Um, and so that for me is, is truly the, the, the pathway in this revolution. Yeah. So that like we can be able to see the new horizon yeah. and not just dream about it. Honey, we've come from a legacy of dreamers. Mm. Now we want to live in it. Yes, we want to and realize it. and actualize that dream. It's a great point to end on. Wow. That's the show. I want to wow. thank you so much, William. Thank you so much, Queen Jean. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you, Elijah Day. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Juice. Thank you, Isam. Thank you, Ileana, for joining us in this conversation. For me, it's always a healing, transformative conversation to be in conversation with people from this community. And, and the last thing that I'll just say really quickly is that I know that one way to move us forward to as a gay man is to sometimes step out of the way mm -hmm. and allow other folks to be able to come in and carry our conversation forward. And I think like 
that's a part of the privileged conversation too, knowing when to step out the way. So yeah. that's mm -hmm. my thing. You want to close this out? Yeah, I thought this was so powerful. I think I always feel, um, I got very emotional when you were talking earlier and I still kind of feel it now. But I think, oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Take a breath. I'm feeling a deep sense of responsibility and accountability because I don't think enough of us who are not in the community or have a lot of proximity to queer folks, family members, whoever it might be, we don't take enough responsibility for our role. And when you mentioned, you know, that people don't see themselves in you. I think that's the root of it. And it, it makes me emotional because any time that I have not, I have not checked a joke or I have listened to a song and dismissed the homophobia because, oh, it's just a song and I really like the beat. I have to really now consider, is it because I don't see myself in, people who aren't having my same lived experience and why can't I take that responsibility to check myself and the people around me who are subscribing to that and I, I just really hope that people really pay attention to this episode and really soak it in and take some self-responsibility because it's it really shouldn't be on you to do all of the work and I think cishet people in particular, we really think we're the center of everything because that's what's shown to us. That's who we like to center is ourselves. And we're hurting so many people when we do that. So I just, yeah. I was not expecting to get emotional, but. She done tore this whole thing up. You know, I, I, I thank you for being a demonstration of the possibilities and how conflict and compassion is empathy. If people would just take the time to understand that we are a community with each other and we need each other, there's no reason why you can't see clean in yourself. There's no reason right. why you can't see someone else in yourself, but it's because people aren't attached to themselves. They haven't liberated themselves, so they can't understand why somebody else would want to be that liberated. Exactly. But thank you for being a demonstration. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Wow. To everyone at home, please hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you can keep up with conversations like this. Um, follow us at The Stranger Fruit. Follow all of these beautiful people on this panel so that you can get a real beautiful dose of what it's like to be in community with people who are so beautiful and so diverse and so amazing. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. Peace. Wow, what a beautiful conversation. In fact, our most emotional conversation to date. So thanks again to Queen Jean, Juice, Assam, Eric, Elijah Day, Charles, William, and my co-host Eliana for coming together for this one. Thank you all wherever you are for listening to this. And we are sending you love and well wishes during this Pride season. Remember to live your life out loud. Don't settle for camouflage when you can live your life in color. Embrace the rainbow. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, be kind, be curious, and be fruitful. Peace.